0: previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It feels like Houston is definitely a baseball city now, doesn't it? This is just a really special time in Houston. We may never see that again. Everybody in MLB is always trying to cheat. He'd go in the dugout. None of the players came around. That guy is something totally special. It's the World Series. This is what they play for. The Spack has always had so much history.
1: I think this will definitely go to six, maybe even a seven-game series.
0: So, somewhere he's <laughs> listening to some Johnny Taylor, some
1: Bobby Blaine. (laughs) They used to go to Wolf's Pawn Shop together. How can you lose your title if you don't go out there and fight in the ring? The Prairie View all-corn game is going to be huge. That's my guy. Nothing like some good blues and soda to get you going and get you ready for a game, man. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one, and once and again, in. our mighty ship is back on course.
0: Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You roll, oh. ladies and gentlemen, start our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us for what should probably be a short show. Trying to get you some uh, content out there before I head to Jackson, Mississippi, where the Texas Southern Tigers take on the Jackson State Tigers. It's uh, Coach Prime. We're taking on Coach Deion Sanders' team, and it's a swag battle. And of course, many of you know by now, and if you don't, uh, I am the play-by-play voice of Texas Southern Tiger football on Choice 90.9 KTSU. It's a production of KTSU Sports, and so I'll be doing that. So I haven't had a lot of time, uh, and I have, quite frankly, been in mourning about the Astros losing in the World Series, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But first and foremost, if this is your first time, I want to remind you or inform you that you can go to wadeswordproductions.com. That's wadeswordproductions.com. Listen to past episodes, subscribe to the email list, and just uh, in general, uh, get an uh, uh, understanding of who I am, who we are, and what we do each and every time out and some of the other stuff that's going on with that. In addition to that, we have a a 24-hour-a-day sports line, 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. You can leave a comment, question, anything you want, 24 hours a day, and you just might end up on the very next podcast. So give us a call like that. Also on social media on Facebook, Sports Talk with Devin Wade Group, and fan page. But we want you to be a part of the group. In addition to that, you can follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. So that's all of the business out there. We won't even get into Libera Pay and ways you can contribute to the podcast. We won't get into that right now. But what we will get into are some headlines. Well, in headlines, I have uh, been in mourning For the Houston Astros, they fall in the World Series in six games. And it was just, yeah, it was tough. It's tough for a lot of reasons because I'm a native Houstonian. And normally, I've been around long enough to endure uh, losses. And, of course, I mean, I've called a bunch of losses. I've gone through the agony of defeat. If you're a native Houstonian, you've had a lot of agony of defeat. So that's a big deal. So again uh you know how to deal with those sorts of things but this this really kind of harken back to my childhood where see growing up and i'm old enough to where houston wasn't like this big metropolis it was an, uh, an an emerging city and then we had of course the energy boom the oil boom and all of that stuff and everybody came from all over in the late 70s early 80s and the city exploded but before that we were just a, a town that was just it, we were proud of houston and now Houston is just ginormous now, and and I'm happy about that as well. But I'm saying back when it was – you never hardly heard Houston mentioned nationally. You heard Dallas. But when they talked about Houston, they said, well, there's Dallas and there's Texas. Oh, you, you're from Texas. No, I'm from Houston. And so now uh, at that point, we used to really take possession of the city and really have a, a specific kind of pride. And it returned with the Astros because they've been under so much scrutiny and everybody in the country hating us for cheating in 2017, which again, that was a narrative that was fostered. I mean, and again, they earned uh, some of this, but they certainly weren't the only ones, but they've been the poster child for that. And really MLB left them hanging out to dry. So that's what baseball has done. And I saw something Chili Smith posted. I'm sure it's all over. It says the Astros versus all y'all. And that's how it felt. Houston versus all y'all. And that gives me a sense of pride. I'm going to rep my city. Yeah, okay, we might have done wrong, but we weren't the only ones. And, uh, you know, there's layers to that whole conversation. So I've been really invested. I love the way Carlos Correa has handled it because he's like, what's good? <laughs> you know, if you want to talk about my team, bring it. Now come beat me. Come beat me. And this time, unfortunately, the Atlanta Braves did. Their pitching was better. The bats got cold for the Astros. It just didn't go well. And uh, Luis Garcia gave up the home run in game six. And then, uh, of course, Christian Javier did not have a good World Series. It was just one of those things. I think Dusty Baker did what he could do. But, again, remember, no Lance McCullough's, And they'll say, well, we didn't have Charlie Morton. Well, I would say that for the way our team or their team, the Astros, are constructed, McCullough's was more important. Maybe, maybe not. But, anyway, they overcame a number of obstacles, did Atlanta. And they deserved it. They beat them. And it is what it is. Didn't make me happy about it. But moving forward, it looks like Yuri Gurriel, they'll pick up the option. So he'll return. He'll be here. In addition to that, uh Dusty looks like Dusty Baker will be back. Uh, Brett Strom, the pitching coach, is retired. So he's done. And uh, Verlander, Justin Verlander, and Zach Granke and Graveman, a few other guys are free agents. So we'll have to see what they do to rebuild this team. Didn't look like Carlos Correa is coming back. And I just have to accept that it's going to happen. He's going to go. And now you have to start looking at, okay, how do you address that? You still have a great nucleus offensively. Still have Jordan, who's emerging. Still have Bregman. Still have Altuve. You got Guriel coming back. So you got some talent there. You got Brantley coming back. So you got Tucker. And you got Chaz McCormick and Siri in the outfield. So, I mean, you got some pieces there. We'll have to see what they do, if baseball's even played, because they're going to have some labor issues here coming up shortly. So that's going on. Also, in the NFL, a lot of bad stuff in the NFL. And I want to start with uh, Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, the third wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders, hit and killed a 23-year-old Uh, While driving intoxicated or under the influence of alcohol, he tested twice the legal limit. She was 23 years old and uh, she was killed along with her dog in a fiery crash in which he was going 156 miles an hour in a relatively residential area is my understanding. And when his airbags deployed, he was going 127 miles per hour. So with that uh that was not going to end well. And this is a difficult thing because a lot of people make this mistake and it just has to and, and look, I will say this. I have done that. And that is sort of a horrible horrible situation when you feel like you got it under control and you know clearly you've had too much. It's a hard, hard thing that needs to be addressed personally. You got to say, okay, this is how I'm going to handle this. Because you know, if you're going out, you're going to be drinking. And you'll say, well, I'm only going to have one or two. And you look up, you have five or six. And now you're out of there. And you're not thinking straight. You're thinking, okay, I can make it. Uh, I don't, you know. And look, I will say this God has blessed me. I have not had an accident. Um, but I have been irresponsible in that way. So I understand, but it does not excuse. And you have to understand that when these things happen. You get what you get. I mean, this young lady was doing nothing wrong. And she was just going about her business and was hitting killed. So just a sad situation. The Raiders have released him. And I will say this. I don't know that this is lip service. I don't know Derek Carr. But I will say this, the way Derek Carr handled the press conference about this was really impressive. He said that right now, Henry needs love, and that's what I'm going to give him. And that'll be shown and displayed over time, and it won't be for public consumption. I'm paraphrasing a lot, but that's sort of what he said, that he, you know it was just a tragic situation of course his heart went out to the victim and i think everybody's heart goes out to the victim Uh, but henry ruggs 22 years old and you think about this you have the world on the string you're 22 years old you probably i think he grew up pretty pretty rough as far as financially and now this guy is in you know you you secure wealth for you and your family and you you're able to do things for the people you love and provide safety and security and health and then you turn around, and it's a situation where so you go from having millions to the end of your career. And I don't know how much he collected on his contract, but that's over for now. You're facing prison time. You're going to have to dole out millions and millions of dollars. And, it, I mean, again, that's not, that doesn't replace a life. But I'm just, I'm just specifically talking about his life right now. His life is totally destroyed. And her life, of course, she lost her life. So there's no coming back from that. So we'll have to see what happens uh, moving forward. And I'm sure he'll be a, a, sort of a footnote like a lot of tragic figures that have come and gone. And, again, I don't think that football players are disproportionately, you know, drunk driving. I think you you get a lot of 21, 22-year-olds, and they party and they do things that they're not supposed to do. And, you know, it's just one of those things that I hope – Again, it continues to happen. It continues to happen, but you hope that the next generation learns from it and these things uh, don't happen. So that happened. The other thing, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers misled everybody into thinking that he was vaccinated, apparently. And he has tested positive for covid and now they're you know they're going back looking at his statements. See what he says. Well, I'm immunized, but he, so he's playing semantics and playing games with the fact that he probably was not vaccinated. And if that is true, they need to suspend him, and they need to hit the Green Bay Packers hard. I'm talking about a first round pick. You got to go, bro. You can't sit there because imagine if another player would have done this. And this is what I don't like about what Aaron Rodgers did. Aaron Rodgers you watch Kyrie take all that heat and a, and a couple of other athletes take all of that heat when they told the truth. I mean, again, Kyrie is a, that's a ridiculous sort of stance to take on the vaccination. And again, I'm all pro vaccination and it, it's not a, a individual choice. It's not because you, you don't live in a bubble. What you do affects other people where you may not get sick, but you may get somebody else sick or give them COVID and they give it to someone else. It's a communicable disease. So again, this is not about the person. This is about the entire community. And if Aaron Rodgers lied about this and knowingly got in the face of everybody in that organization and even on the field, then he, you know, you need to sit him down. Think about all of the the provisions, all of the things that the NFL had to do just to play. All the millions of dollars they had to invest into just trying to play to get a product that can be on television. And you're going to have Aaron Rodgers, people of his ilk. I, and I don't care how big of a star he is. You think if somebody gets COVID from Aaron Rodgers and they're on their deathbed, they give a damn whether or not it was Aaron Rodgers that killed me. No. He's a human like the rest of us, and he needs to. To follow along. And if you're not, then you need to go through those separate protocols that the NFL has set up. So I hope they hit him hard. I mean, whatever the truth is, we'll find out. But we need to hit him hard and the team hard so this doesn't happen again. And Aaron Rodgers, that's a coward's way to go out because you saw what Kyrie endured. And you could have got out there with him, but you didn't. You hid behind semantics, playing word games, if that's the case. And if that's the case, then... You know, whatever. Also, Deshaun Watson. Everybody's uh, surprised, a a number of people acting surprised that a trade didn't happen. I'm surprised that the Dolphins even entertained a trade with Deshaun Watson. Now, apparently, he tried to settle these cases. And a friend of mine and I were arguing about this. I'm I'm like, the man said repeatedly, I am not settling. I'm going to court on all of these but apparently he tried to come up with a settlement so he could get traded to the miami dolphins and the no disclosure agreements were the sticking point so he tried and apparently this is the way it's going going to go and if that's the case he should have done this a long time ago he if you knew that eventually you were going to settle you should have settled from the word go you should have taken care of that from the word go. And he didn't. And they got to this point. But who would trade for a guy and you don't know what's going to happen? Again, there's a uh, a grand jury still convened in this case. So you, the things you still don't know about the direction of this whole entire case. Uh, but he's still here. Mark Ingram traded back to New Orleans. Of course, New Orleans loses James Winston for the season. Von Miller gets traded to the Rams. That may be the difference and taking them over the edge and winning or going to the Super Bowl for the NFC. We'll have to see how that goes. And the final thing, Odell Beckham, released by the Browns. We'll have to get Terrence Harris on to talk about that whole situation, but that's not a surprise. That's like a Hollywood marriage. You knew that was going to come to a, a fiery end. I, and I'm surprised that it's not more fiery. Uh, but if you don't know the details about that, we may get into that in future episodes. But I want to get into a conversation with our guy, Eddie Robinson, E-Rob 50. Uh, let's take a brief time out. come back on the other side and hear from our guy, Eddie Robinson, on this, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Welcome back, music from President dj dj anarchy and if you have music you want heard on the podcast just email us music at wade's word productions.com that's music at wade's word productions.com the genre doesn't matter we just want it to be radio edit and if you get a chance to check out dj anarchy do so on soundcloud on on uh, where else um, instagram ig check him out on ig i think he does some mixes on the weekends and then around the city of houston he does his thing so uh, i want to correct some. i Non disclosure agreement. I don't know if I said that uh, properly earlier. I may have made a mistake with that. I don't know. I- I'm sure I make a number of mistakes, but I did not mistakenly invite Eddie Robinson onto the podcast. He is our guy, Special Teams Unit, and uh, got some words and some comments from him. Well, Eddie, man, what a uh, difference a week makes uh, on a lot of different levels. Been a rough week, a rough week for the Astros, rough week for Alabama State, (laughs) rough week for the NFL uh, off the field, mostly. Uh, Let's start with uh, the Astros. Astros came up short. Uh,
1: Let's talk about what happened and what moving forward. Well, I mean, I I think they just kind of came across a hot team. And, you know, with baseball, if you coached it or played it or watched it, you know that uh, you kind of are what you are. And then the Braves, they've been hitting the ball good all year, Freddie Freeman and those guys. And I think the Astros just just didn't have enough offense. I mean, you know, of course we know the pitching is the pitching, so you can't complain about it, especially that that game six. I mean, to all just about get shut out was 7-0. It was like a football score, so you can't score you can't win so i mean i think dusty baker did all he could with with the weapons that he had but um when you when you can't score runs especially at home uh, no garbage cans, but I mean, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it kind of zero is what happens.
0: Not you too, man. Not you too. <laughs> but see, okay, so here's my but problem. You got to bring
1: it up, man. It's, it's, no, you don't. right there. I mean, it's like Johnny Carson on the Tonight Show. It's too easy. No, you, you but, know?
0: yeah, I mean, I, as, a, as a punchline, I get it. But you have some of these people in the media saying, oh, it's so hard to be an Astro, and, and this looms over them. People forget just uh, two years ago they won the World Series in Game 7, and really – uh, they were a AJ Hinch mistake away from winning the the World Series in 2019. Why is everybody forgetting that?
1: Oh, I mean they've they've had a wonderful stretch. If you go back to I think the first year they made the playoffs was it 2015 or 16. So, I mean if you if you think about from there to now, the last five to seven years, three World Series appearances and one championship um, over that period of time, and I think they won the division like every year. So, I mean, they they definitely are the class of the major leagues. Now, you know, I mean, what happened was you had those those first-round draft picks who all hit. You know, Correa, Altuve, Springer, uh, Keiko, they, they all hit. And so now you're going to have to really get into that, that scouting department to see if you can replicate that because you've let all those big-name guys go, you know, with – with the uh, departure of, Cor- I mean, um, Correa this year, and and to me, I mean, you kept break when you signed him up to a long term deal. He, you know, he had a bad playoffs, but you know, he's a he's an all star caliber third baseman. I think they should move him to shortstop. I think it's cheaper to find a third baseman than a shortstop. But um, you know, you 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 have some holes you need to fill. But at the end of the day, I mean, pitching in September and October, you have to have pitching. You know, the bats stay hot all summer long, but when it gets cold in September, October, the teams that don't have pitching, you just can't win. Because, you know, if you're playing a playoff caliber team, a World Series team, they're going to have good pitching. And I don't care how good your bats are, they won't be as good as they were during the regular season. So if you don't have pitching to match that, I mean, you're going to be in trouble when it comes down to winning the World Series.
0: We want to go back at the World Series. Of course, when you lose, and you've been there before and you haven't won, Dusty Baker's going to get his share of criticism. Is there anything you saw that you would have done differently? Um, maybe starting Urquita, uh in game six and then saving Garcia, or, I mean, anything that you saw that maybe you would have changed? Obviously, he changed the batting lineup, and it worked up, but uh, the batting order, and it worked in game five, didn't work in game six. Any second-guessing of Dusty Baker?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, you you, you can kind of get nitpicking, but I mean, he did the smart thing of moving Bregman down. He was struggling, so you. I mean, I think he hit the 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 right buttons. Um, I mean, I think you you know, people say, oh, you could have saved him the game seven, but I coach a lot of baseball tournaments, and you want to get to game seven, so you don't you don't. And at that point, it's all hands on deck. You know, so you you got to go. with when you're in a game six and elimination game, it's all I mean, basically you're you're doing anything you can to get to game seven. So I think that was the approach. But I mean he tried pitcher after pitcher, I mean, and and just I mean, it really was the long ball because they had the same number of hits of the Astros. Maybe they had eight hits and the Astros had seven, but it's just that they did the damage with runners on base with the long ball and the Astros they hit the ball but they couldn't get solid contact so i mean they just couldn't get the ball to go over the gate and and with baseball is it's about hey you you set the plate up with the with the small guys and then the big guys hit it over the fence i mean the the teams are built that way because when you get to play off baseball it's hard to string consecutive hits to score runs so once you get guys on base your big guys have got to put it over the fence and the astros just didn't do that in game 6 and the braves did so that that pretty much sum- summarized not only the series, but that game. So that was the basic part of it. Yeah, well, like
0: I said, moving forward, it's going to be tough. You're going to lose Verlander, Granke, the number of guys in the bullpen, Graveman uh, that are free agents. You don't know if they'll come back. They have re-signed or picked up the option on Yuri Gurriel, so he'll be back. And it seems like a foregone conclusion that Correa is not going to be back. I mean, obviously – even he's sending that vibe about with these goodbyes and and all of those sorts of things. Why is it such a foregone conclusion is is he just going to demand that much money?
1: Well, I don't think it's going to be the money, but I think it's going to be the years. And I don't it, it seems like the Astros have um they be re- have been reluctant to lock up guys for long-term contracts, which I mean, honestly, I'm I'm a baseball guy and, and I understand that it. it's hard to get. I mean, you look at the A-Rod contract and it's just, you know, you know, you you you. It's it's such a long time, an eight ten year poo hose. I mean, you can name Morales, the guys yeah. who have signed those guys. Even my guy in Detroit, um, the the you know the home run hitter. I, f- I forget his name, but when you sign those ten year contracts, it's almost guaranteed you won't get the value in year seven through ten. So you're gonna have to trade them, pay half of the contract, and it could really strangle your franchise. Now, if this if it's a situation where you say, hey, we're going to win a World Series in the first four or five years of this guy's contract. But you, you already know that seven through ten, you're going to have to pay a luxury tax or something to still be competitive. So um, I felt like they should have kept Springer. He's the guy that I feel like, you know, day in and day out, he makes a huge difference in the outfield. And he was a big bat. He was a leadoff, and, and he was the guy that I felt like they should have spent the money for. And I would have probably let Correa walk because he's super inconsistent. Uh, he's injury prone. And he does great in the playoffs, but during the regular season, he has long-term slumps. So that's just my opinion. So um, great Astro, uh, you know, one of the, the, the best players that, that have come through the organization. But I don't think he's a guy that I would give a 10-year contract to. So if he's demanding those type of numbers, not and that's not the salary, it's the length of the contract, then I would be hesitant to probably lock him up for that long. But, I mean, when you when you have had the success they had over the last seven years as a fan, you're like, hey, man, we've packed the stadium, you've made a lot of money, you've been to World Series, then why wouldn't you put the money back into the team? So maybe the, the, the thought process is we're going to go and try to get some big-time, you know, starters starting pitching. Or are we going to really stack this bullpen? Because, I mean, the last couple of years, even, even in 19, when they lost to, to Washington, I mean, the big, even the year that they, they won the World Series, it was always a question of we got a couple starters, but, man, that bullpen is shaky. So they've been doing a whole lot. With a shaky bullpen, well, for like they, they the last shorted six up. Years. Yeah, they shorted <laughs> it up
0: this year, though. They get—I mean, Presley was nice. Graveman, they added Mayton. No, the last
1: six years it was screwed up. Even when Verlander was 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 doing it as an ace, we all knew, man, Verlander better go to the eight. You almost wanted Verlander to pitch a complete game, like you didn't <laughs> want to take him out. You know what I'm saying? You were scared, like that the next guy may not get it done. So they they've never had a dominant bullpen. They've won with offense. And starting pitching. So yeah. Well, let's
0: go to the NFL. Several huge stories. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers test positive, and it looks like he if he lied. It, I mean, I don't know how to sugarcoat that. Looks like he lied about his status. I don't know what how Green Bay didn't know that, or the NFL didn't know that. But it seems like he's misled some folks. At least as we record this that he lied about his immunization status or his, his vaccination status. What do you take uh, – what's your take on Aaron Rodgers and that
1: whole mess? Well, that's that's interesting in, like, a whole lot of different ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because the first thing is so you just taking people's word for it. Like, hey, you checked the box. Vaccinated, yes or no? Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, did he come up with a fake vaccination card? You know, did he – I mean, how – now, of course you know you got the little stuff on internet with all of the, the trolls and everything right. so it's, it's it's pretty interesting and then it's like okay is there a penalty involved i mean obviously you have the covid suspension but is there another suspension beyond that by the nfl for lying on your immunization status and and possibly infecting other people on the team i mean the the nfl has been pretty strict with the covid and wanting people to get vaccinated and stuff like that so when you have a guy that actually lies about it and has the potential to infect others uh, and that's that's going to be interesting to see. Um, does the NFL come down with any type of further penalty besides him just having to sit out with the covid uh, because of the illness?
0: I just think what he did, if he did, if he in fact lied, it was cowardice because you saw that he Kyrie was uh, was, was taking and he stood his ground. I mean, he's dumb as hell for what he's doing, but he stood his ground. At least he was he day. He, He was 10 toes down. He was ready for the criticism. Aaron Rodgers playing these word games and misleading folks. We could have, I mean, I could have been on him for a month now, months now. But I just think that the NFL. Depending on who knew what when, needs to come down hard on both Green Bay and on Aaron Rodgers because again, it's not about him; it's about you putting other people in jeopardy. And if you're in a room with somebody who believes you're vaccinated, vaccinated, then right. that's yep. that's not cool. That's not cool at all. So yeah, we'll have to see how that pans out. Other news in the well,
1: key, hey, keep in mind it, it is Aaron Rodgers and he's one of the stars of the league. So you're not talking about a second-string cornerback who was a fourth-round pick. So, I mean, it's it's, to say that there won't be some type of partial treatment, entitlement-type treatment, so we know it's going to happen. It'll just be, let's, let's see how obvious it is or it isn't. So that'll be the question to me.
0: Well, the other news, Odell Beckham, did you kind of see this one coming? The marriage between him and Baker Mayfield has gone awry, and, and they're splitting up. And it looks like uh, the Cleveland Browns are going to release Odell Beckham. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on that, and what it'll do for Baker Mayfield's per, the perception of him and and Odell both?
1: Well, I I think Odell is Odell. I mean, great talent, but will probably never really live up to it. I mean, I think that's just kind of where it is. I mean, he he definitely has the talent, you know, talented individual. Plays hard when he's on the field, but the combination of injuries and, you know, most wide receivers, we talk about it all the time. They're They're me first guys. You kind of, and you kind of have to be. Like, you want that receiver to tell you, I'm always open. They can't guard me. Throw me the damn ball. You want that guy, but you also hope that he can kind of be a team player, but usually, the good wide receivers that i've played with you know the, the Ernest Givens, the the uh andre risens all of those guys they were always hey give me the damn ball probably the only one that wasn't was jimmy smith who was like the premier guy should be in the hall of fame and will be one day but was not a a crybaby for the ball he just went out and played but everybody else man give me the ball i'm always open why are you not throwing it to me enough so i don't I think Odell is Odell. People already kind of know what you're getting with him, you know, for the next team that he plays with. And so I don't think this looks bad on Baker Mayfield because this is a guy that has a track record of putting himself first. So I don't think that's going to change. You just have to look at does the talent, um, is the talent and what I'm going to get from production, is it high enough for me to put up with a guy who's going to put himself first?
0: Is he worth a one-year rental for a team that is vying for a Super
1: Bowl? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. You, yeah, you I think mean, he could be you, the difference? You have to have a you have to have a strong quarterback. You can't put him with a with a young guy who's unproven. You know, you, I mean, I hate to say it, but you got to put him with Tom Brady. That'd be absolutely horrible you for the NFL. Not, well, you but can't but you do that to,
0: anyway. It's too many. It's only one football. <laughs> you already well, got it's, Antonio it's only Brown. Only one
1: Super Bowl championship too. And, and, and they, if, like you said, if it's, a, if it's a six game rental, and I got to be the the third or fourth wide receiver, I mean, they don't need him. But if, if a guy was to get hurt. I mean, that would be the landing place. Or you you talk about with Green Bay, but the unvaccinated guy. I mean, he could go there because that's a – I mean, I just think he needs to be with a veteran quarterback who's established, you what know, about, as, as what opposed about, to putting him with a young guy.
0: Yeah, what about with the Raiders um, or the Rams even? Because Deshaun Jackson was released.
1: Yeah, I, I could see him with the Raiders uh, or, the, or the Rams. I mean, or even – you know, going to, yeah, the Rams would be good because you have a veteran, you know, car, quarterback, coach combination and you already have Cup there and he could, you know, he could fit in and, and just, Woods. yeah, yeah. And, and, and but make some good plays. I mean, that, that'll probably be a really good fit. You can never have too many big play wide receivers because you're always looking to get my third best wide receiver is way better than your third best cornerback and that's the matchup that I'm going to exploit. Yeah, I want
0: to ask you about Las Vegas. Uh, just a horrible, horrible situation with Henry Ruggs. It's like you one day you're on top of the world and the next that uh, you are out of a job and your career is probably over and you're facing uh, what looks like some some jail time. Uh, talk a little bit about that situation. And for those who don't know, Henry Ruggs uh, with a DUI, he killed a 23-year-old young lady. And her dog and in a fiery crash in which he was clocked at 156 miles per hour just before. And uh, just before the collision and when the airbags went off, he was going 127 miles an hour. And and obviously, uh, the officials say that he was twice the legal limit. Um, So what do you what do you I mean, other than just it being so, so tragic, what are your takeaways from that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, it's it's really nothing good you can say about it. I mean, I, I think if you're rugs, you just have to um, just let people know that you made a mistake. You have to own up for it, and it's it's a horrible mistake, especially when it involves death, because that's something that that life is so precious, and and you can never have that that back. And um, and so, I mean, I think the biggest thing for him is is just to to focus on trying to reconcile with the family and let them know that is 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 no excuse for what he did you have to take 100 percent blame for it and then at the same time um you know he will have to serve some type of jail time i'm 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 one of those i'm not a drinker so it's easy for me to be you know hard on dui people um but i don't i don't have a lot of sympathy for people who drive drunk especially with this day and age because you have so many options with uber and it's not like you had to sit out there and try to wave a cab. you can you can have your last drink and then you can walk to a car and they can they can roll you roll you out in front of your house so i mean but i mean that's that's the unfortunate thing but i mean he's a kid, it's life it was a serious lapse of judgment and and unfortunately um but he'll have to he'll have to pay the crime pay the penalty for it you know, because you have to look at the victim and you got to imagine what if that was, you know, your or mine, 23 year old daughter or niece or cousin or mother, you know, so it's like, as as much as you feel bad for Henry Ruggs, you have to feel even worse for the victim and her family. And so, I mean, that's the, that's the most horrible part about it. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll play again. I, I feel like he will. I think when they said the, the jail time is like two to 10 years whenever a death is involved in a, um, you know, DWI. DWI yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think he just has to, you know, take life one day at a time, but I mean, it's, it's going to be hard for him mentally, um, to come back, but I, I think that's, uh, you know, life does go on. So, I mean, he just has to stay mentally strong, but that that's going to be tough, you know, on, yeah. on all parties involved, including the victim's family too.
0: Well, before we let you get out of here, man, big news in uh, Hornetville or whatever you call it. Hey, It's
1: called Hornet Nation. That <laughs> is not a Ville. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe y'all, maybe y'all are Tigerville down there. No, we're, there Texas, no, we're Southern, Tiger Nation. Yeah, well, so, exactly. So, how are you going to give us a Ville? I, mean, I, I think know, Nation man. is a little bit more significant than okay. the Ville. So, well, we're hey. going gonna to stop that. And we play y'all in two weeks, too. So, be careful what you say, partner. Hey, man, Yo. well, you guys uh,
0: ran into a saw uh, in the Magic City Classic you were there for that. Uh, you fire your head coach. What's going on with your program?
1: Well, you know, I think it was a situation where the coach was in the last year of his contract. And, uh, you know, Coach Ealy, Coach Hill Ealy, um, you know, it's it's about wins, and I talked to him, and he understood it. I mean, in the end of the day, coaches, especially head coaches, they're uh, judged by wins and losses, and so. Wait a minute, I mean, you you he...
0: talked to him? Wait a minute. So did you pull the
1: trigger on this? Did you? I say... talked to him like a day ago after the game, after okay. everything. All right. Done. I thought okay. I thought you were doing. Nah, that. I mean, I, I I've I mean, one thing about it, you know, and I tell people, I use the analogy. If Mickey Mouse coached Alabama State, I'm gonna buy me some mouse ears and I'm gonna support the program. You know, so I'm I'm gonna support whoever is the head coach of Alabama State because I'm a Hornet, and so that's what that's my task. So yeah, I, I always would talk with coach and just you know try to uh, uplift them. You know, donate money to the program, whatever, hey, whatever you need me to do. So I talked to him a couple of days after he was released, and uh, you know he he definitely understood it was a a process and that. Yeah, that the school wanted to go in a different direction. And, you know, some people always say, oh, well, they could have kept them to the end of the year. But, I mean, sometimes you have to – you always have to put the program in the school first. And so you can't look at, well, hey, we could have helped coach to keep them to the end of the year. You got to say, well, what was best for the university? So, and I think that's kind of the way the AD looked at it. So, um, And they said, hey, we're it, not going to let it, you it's wait to the it's end of never, the year. It's never a good thing when the coach loses a job. You're always hoping that he can – uh Get it turned around, and I mean, I felt like we were really close, but we just couldn't get that big win. And and uh, I think the thing is, you know, he lost to Alabama A and M four years in a row. That'll and do. So I think that was the that was the you know you can't you got to beat your rival unless you're Michigan, then you could just keep losing and <laughs> keep your job. But everybody else has to beat their rival. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that may not last for long either. So what, what yeah, did you well. think?
0: What did you think when you looked up at the scoreboard and saw that 59-17 TSU winning over uh, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff? I thought it was a typo.
1: I was like, I'm <laughs> not going to – I'm just <laughs> joking. Now, I, I saw TSU play against Pine Bluff, and so – I knew. I mean, against uh, Alcorn. Alcorn. Yeah. And so I was like, man, the Tigers have something. in mean, the quarterback from Corpus Christi, man, he's, he's a guy that you can really hang your hat on. And so, I mean, I think they're definitely trending in the right direction. And so when you can score points, you got a chance. And so, uh, I mean, kudos to coach. I mean, he was he was on life support. And now he, he seems to have it turned around and, and moving in the right direction. And, you know, in Texas Southern being in Houston is one of those schools that, you know, for the SWAC standpoint, you know, you want Texas Southern to have a good team and, and, to, and to show well, because it's one of the largest the, the fourth largest city in the country. And, you, and we have an HBCU here and, you know. I mean, when Johnny Cole was here and, and, I mean, the cold-blooded football and they were winning championships, man, it was it was electric in third ward. So yeah. you would love to see it get back to that level and where they can compete. And, uh, and Prairie View is doing well. Alabama State will be playing Prairie View on Saturday. So yeah. I'll be at that game. And Prairie View seems like the favorite to win the West. And, you know, Coach Dooley, he's a New Orleans guy and, and a SWAC guy. You know, we raised him up ourselves. So it's always great when we see SWAC coaches coaching SWAC schools because it's it just shows the students that hey, you can go to a SWAC school and then you can rise up to be the head coach at your alma mater or another school in the conference. And so, and that's huge for African American coaches because we don't really get those chances at the Power Five schools or the PWIs. So, I mean, I, I think it's great when we have a SWAC guy that's the head, that the head guy at a SWAC school and he's doing well.
0: Well, you may have. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm just putting putting this in. I'm hoping that there's your, your next head coaches on that preview staff. Your former
1: teammate Bubba McDowell maybe we can yeah, get man, him Bubba's, an interview Bubba's been doing a great job man he's uh I mean he's been at it for a while and you know I mean Bubba was a great player and and just a, you know just a good guy you know what I'm saying so I mean I think he's he's definitely one of those guys that guys that will get a chance to lead a program and he'll be ready for it when it comes
0: and uh what do you what's your prediction on Saturday we uh Texas Southern goes to Jackson State
1: and uh, what do you what do you see what's your prediction well, you know, Jackson had trouble with Alcorn, and so I mean, not with Alcorn, but Valley, and Valley yeah. plays really hard. So I I feel like I don't I don't think Jackson is as dominant as their record shows. Like the record shows, like we're the baddest team in the conference. But if you look at the victories, it shows eh, we got some chinks. So if Texas Southern, I mean, you're going up to a highly charged Jackson, Mississippi, where the you know the fans are hyped up and and everything else so you gotta uh, you know you just gotta sit there and, and, and see if they can, they can get something going but if Texas Southern can keep it close with that offense and, and you know and, and don't get overwhelmed by the situation which is the young team you know going into that big environment then I think they'll be okay hey man well how can folks reach you on social media uh, you know it's EROB50 on Instagram and Twitter haven't changed it hey man we well, appreciate it we'll talk to you soon alright appreciate you thank you
0: To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Thanks, Eddie. As always, we certainly appreciate that. Well, I said a short show, so we missed some features that we normally like to include. We like to include extra stuff. You know, we want all the frills, including a Lamont Award. But no Lamont Award this time because we got to get out of here. I got a flight to catch. So with that, before I let go.
1: Before I let go.
0: Before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys for tuning in. want to thank Eddie Robinson. want to thank DJ Anark. You want to thank Cobank Holmes. want to remind you, give us a call, 832-941-6614. And, of course, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to talk about, and what features you like the most. And if you don't remember anything else, remember these four things number one i don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening
1: two i ain't got no money three i'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four bye
0: this has been the sports talk with devin wade podcast remember you can follow him on twitter at wade's word thank you for listening